Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out this week's episode of the One Man Podcast. It's always free and available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, and many more, as well as on the web at onemanpodcast.com. So please, whatever platform you're listening on, like and subscribe. Uh, while you're at it, give it a rating, leave a review. Why? Because it helps the podcast, and I'd really appreciate it. How about that? What about social media? Search One Man Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to keep up with what's going on there. Get a little extra content for yourself. And finally, to get in touch, please send your emails to contact at onemanpodcast.com. You send it, I read it on the podcast, that's the deal. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. What's up, everybody? This is DJ Demers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercer. What's up, guys? This is Paul Verzi, and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 156 for Wednesday, May 6th, 2020. Welcome, onesies. How are you guys doing, huh? News is that COVID's on the uh, the decline, and by that, I mean numbers are still going up, but uh, we're going to open the economy anyways. What? Why not? So we're getting ready. Calm before the storm. We are going to get a second wave. <laughs> I'll tell you guys all about that. Um, where do I start? I was, I'm like, I'm, I'm late. I'm sorry. I'm late. I've been, uh, and do I have a good excuse? Nope. But I didn't have the energy for it and I didn't have a lot to talk about. Well, now I'm going to talk about things. Not that I have a lot to talk about now. I just, I uh, have a list of things to talk about, which I didn't think I had before. So I'm going to tell you guys about some of the games I've been playing, uh, some of the conversations that I've had, some of the things that I've watched, all sorts of fun stuff. I did a, a guest, uh, spot in another podcast. Um, little challenges between other gamers and things like that. Some sales in the gaming world. Uh, you know, of course a DK book to review some more whiskey information for you guys. I have quote unquote finished my smile journey, um, in terms of, uh, you know, my teeth straightening and everything like that from the smile direct club. I'll tell you guys what to uh, think of my overall experience with that. And, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. So, uh, a lot of what I did in the interim between the, uh, the last episode and now is I was playing the last of us. It's a game by a company called naughty dog. They make all sorts of cool games. Um, most notably, well, the last of us is something that came out in 2000, I think 12 or 2011, very popular game. They re-released it. They released it on the PS3, put it out again on the PlayStation four remastered. That is the edition that I played. Um, and I played the game in December. I think I played through it and, uh, and I'm a bit of a nerd. So, uh, there's these things that uh, they have on Xbox called achievements on PlayStation. They're called trophies. They're the same on both consoles. Just what they call them are different. And the whole idea is when you're playing a game, there's extra little things that you can do to unlock these trophies. And of course, these are things that kind of go up on your personal profile scoreboard, nerdy stuff, nerdy stuff, but rather than just playing a game, I kind of like to have those, you know, it's like the, uh, it's like having, uh, you know, Dick D I K or, you know, whatever <laughs> cock <laughs> K O K or whatever the fuck on like an old arcade game for my younger listeners, uh, it used to be in the arcade that the only way you could express yourself, there were no, there were no memes. There were no, you know, things like that. If you wanted to just put a profanity in there, you'd have to put it there. I'd, I'd put the F A G one out there, but that's rude. I don't, I don't want to say it, but you'd have things like that. People would put that stuff in there. That's how people would express themselves. <laughs> back in the day on video games. Well, that's how you would, that's basically the, the, uh, how you would live on an eternity on some of those things. And then, and then some janitor would pass a mop behind it and knock out the, the, the plug. And then that was, it, it would erase all the data and all your hard work 
beat in the entire game just to put that, that three letter profanity in there. You know, it was enter your initials. I think, cause I think it couldn't be, uh, it probably couldn't be any longer than that because if you know, you put an entire game in with it's like eight bit processor or whatever, it would <laughs> crash the whole game if it had more than three letters on the leaderboard. All that to say is that I, I like playing the games and I enjoy completing as much of them as possible. So for example, some games, you know, there'll be a, uh, let's, let's, I'm going to talk in terms of trophies, but if I happen to say achievement, that's just what Xbox calls them. It's the same shit. Some games will be like, you know, they'll have a mode before you start the game. It'll be like easy, normal, hard, super hard survivor insanity. They have all different kinds of names for like the crazy hard stuff, but you know, uh, basically the, you know, you, you get, you get a trophy depending on what level you completed. Well, I completed it on an easier setting before, and I went back to play again. And also Simon, my roommate here, uh, he'd watched the first little bit with me, uh, back in December, but was, uh, wasn't around, uh, when I finished the game. So, um, I was chatting with him about it and saying I'd finished, it was quite good. And I still had played it again. He's like, well, I'd like to see it. So Simon and I basically, it ended up being like a movie kind of thing where we'd sit down for a few hours at a time and go through a, a few chapters of the last of us. So that's one of the things we did this week as we finished the, uh, the game. Mm-hmm. Back in December, I told you guys what I thought of it. Just a quick summary. It's uh, you know, person versus zombies, person versus other human beings. It's a, it's a fun game. It's very popular. And next month, um, or this month, I don't remember. It's either late, like late May or early June. The Last of Us Part Two comes out. So eight, eight or nine years later, uh, the next installment of The Last of Us is coming out. So I just, I just finished it. Good game. If you're uh, if you're a gamer, you're bored, you're looking for something to do, um, definitely check out The Last of Us. It's a survival, post-apocalyptic world kind of game, shooter, um, but it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. Um, and yeah, uh, Simon and I would sit and we would, you know, sip on a little bit of whiskey and... Uh, and, uh, and, and play through the game. And we had a, we had a blast. We unlocked all sorts of different trophies throughout the game. You know, that's one of those ones where you're running around, you got to find ammo and stuff, but there's also like little collectibles and stuff that have really nothing other than flavor text on them to, you know, add a little bit more background as to what's going on and, um, just something to find in the dark, I guess at times. Anyways, last of us played it, enjoyed it. Simon enjoyed it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It was, it was a great way to kill some time during the pandemic. Um, they also had, uh, I don't know if you guys can hear the bing and ting and ling and made over Peter. Uh, it's, it's very late. Uh, my buddy, Peter listener of the podcast is, uh, is watching, uh, uh, an interview and, uh, he's sending me details. We were chatting about it before. So you'll hear the occasional bing. That's him texting me. Um, I'll have to read them and get back to him afterwards. I did tell him I was, uh, listening to, I was going to record the podcast now. So when he hears this, he'll know that this is the exact moment that your texts were coming in Pete. And this is why I didn't answer. Um, I also played, um, last of us had this little expansion, which I did not play in December called, uh, left behind. And what it was is it's basically like a little add on. It's, there's kind of like a gap when you're playing the last of us, there's a gap in the story, um, that they, you know, just like a time frame that, that passes. Well, this little add on that I guess was free. Um, they, they explain what happened during that gap. And of course, a little bit for one of the main characters, uh, what happened before. Cool. little piece of story. Um, anyone who downloads the last of us remastered, uh, gets that for free. So, um, I also played through that, but without Simon, um, so again, not super exciting. Okay. Sorry. But if you've played the, if you're interested in some stuff, last of us could, um, it's not the game to end all games. 
what was cool about the last of us was it was just enough action to be fun when you're playing it and just, and the story was quite good to make you want to keep playing. It's not something like that. That's open world or anything like that. You can burn, you can finish it in a day, you know, on easy mode. And if you're not somebody who likes to look around for things, you can just bang from area to area to area. And, and, you know, you start in the morning and finish in the, in the evening, but it's, you know, it'll, it'll kill the time, you know, and it's uh, and it's a fun story to go through. Uh, what else? <clears throat> so yeah, last of us done, you know, dust the hands off. I played some online of it too, to unlock some of the online trophies to, to win on maps and things like that. Um, I played, uh, another game called, uh, werewolves within it's a VR game. Um, ended up spending quite a few evenings playing that. Um, that game is kind of like the old card game. It's, uh, it's basically just a card game called werewolf. And the idea is, so I'll, I'll tell you guys this real quick. I don't think I've ever explained it on another podcast, but fuck it. It's COVID time, right? I'll give you guys some content. I gotta, I gotta keep this energy up too. It's fucking almost five o'clock in the morning here. My clock is all messed up. Um, so the card game werewolf is really interesting. It's a simple game to play. It's a social deduction game. So the idea is that you need, you need, I think like anywhere between, you know, I think it, it can play up to, I think a hundred people, but um, you can start, I think a minimum, you need like six or seven people to play. And the idea is that everyone sits around a table and everyone gets dealt a card. And I believe that a regular werewolf game, you have, uh, Jesus Christ, the text are never going to stop. Um, you're, you've got a uh, moderator. So one person that kind of is, is sort of, you know, coaching the game or, or refereeing the game. But the idea is everybody gets dealt a card and on some of the cards, it says villager. And on some of the cards, it says werewolf significantly less say werewolf. But there's villagers. And then and then as you get more players, more cards are shuffled in, things like, you know, the the seer or whatever else. And the idea is that like that person can uh whatever. I'll tell you how the game works. The, basically the game works in a series of days and it's an elimination game. Okay. So the idea is that a couple people are werewolves. At the beginning of the game, it's like, okay, everyone close your eyes werewolves open your eyes and then the, you know one or two or maybe three depending on how many players werewolves will open their eyes they will look at each other quietly to acknowledge who is werewolves and whatnot. okay werewolves close your eyes and then this seer person if there's a seer usually there is in a, in a small group game um the seer will open their eyes they'll point at a player and the moderator will either nod or shake their head no to let them know whether or not that person is a werewolf and then everyone close your eyes and then everyone open your eyes. So the idea is that people will start to go, okay, well, you know, who do you guys want to, who do you guys want to vote to kill every, at the end of every round, the whole group votes to, to kill someone that they think is, is a werewolf. And the whole idea of the game is it's a deception game. It's a social deduction game. So the seer might go, Hey, I'm the seer. And um, I asked the moderator if, you know, say Josh is the werewolf. And she said, yes, well, everyone might go, yeah, but you could be a werewolf and you're trying to point at a townsperson. You know what I mean? So the whole idea is like people bluff and all these kind of things. There's games like cheat and with car, regular cards and stuff. But the whole idea is it's a game where you lie about what you are. And of course, the more people that are in the game, then there's like, oh, well, I'm a blacksmith and the blacksmith can, can, you know, check three, whatever. There's, there's different roles. And the whole idea is that everyone can say, Hey, I'm this, oh, I'm not a werewolf. I'm this. And at the end of the day, it's like, okay, everyone close your eyes. Werewolves open your eyes. Who do you want to kill? You know? And then they, they'll point to a player and that's like, okay, everyone go to sleep. All right. You all, you know, you all voted last night to kill so-and-so, so-and-so reveal yourself you know, it's like, well, I was a villager. You guys killed one of your own. It's like, okay, great. You know, or the where, and then, you know, werewolves, who did you kill? 
you know, and then it's like the werewolves chose to kill such and such player. So, you know, and then, so the idea is that the werewolves are trying to thin the herd so that there's an equal amount of werewolves, uh, or less of villagers to, to, to villagers. So the whole idea is the werewolves manage to kill enough of the town that they can completely overrun it. And the town's members are trying to figure out who the werewolves are and you know, that or whatever. It's, it's a fun card. It's honestly, it's a fun game to play when you literally have like a card in front of you. Like it's a very small, uh, good, good party game to play. The only thing that kind of sucks about it is that because, um, it's an elimination game and you kind of play the rounds in like eight minutes per day, whoever gets eliminated first is kind of sitting there for a while. They get to watch and see how it plays out, but they're kind of sitting there waiting. They, they remade the game and did a version called one night werewolf and one night werewolf. What they do is sorry for all the lip smack and everything guys it gets dry. It gets dry in here. Just running my mouth forever. Um, the one night werewolf, what it does is it basically changes the game mechanics a little bit. It still gives you a card, but at the very beginning, they've got a few things where you look at your card and then there's different roles. There's, I don't remember what they are. Not like it would matter, but the idea is that everyone's got a different role. And then one person's like, uh, let's say, let's just call them for like a, a survivor. And then the survivor can, can look at someone else's card and while everyone else's class, there's actually an app that plays and it gets kind of dictates. Okay. See her look at someone else's card. Okay. Now close your eyes. Werewolves. Look at it. Open your eyes. Look at each other, blah, 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 blah. And the whole idea is that sometimes people's roles get changed and moved around and this and that. And you're kind of, again, it's the same idea, but you've got a few minutes and you're, you're kind of making your case and you're trying to say, well, I was this. And if this person's saying that they're that, well, they can't be cause I'm that. But then if they took my thing, which they might have, then that means that they're this and I'm that. So they're the, this, and it's just people making arc. Like it's, again, it's discussion. It's social deduction. It's deception, right? Cause if you're a werewolf, you don't be like, well, I'm a werewolf. Like you're going to get voted for and killed. So they did a one night werewolf version, um, where, you know, you have one round, everyone kind of knows what they are. You're trying to make an argument and then everyone votes who they want to kill and then it's over. So no one's ever out of the game. I don't like that one as much because I find, I find it's odd that you can start the game as a werewolf and there's certain rules that allow you that when your eyes are closed, someone can grab your card and switch it with theirs. So it's like, well, I was a werewolf. Like again, in terms of narrative or theme, it's like, how do you steal my being a werewolf? Like you can't just, if you get bit by a werewolf, someone can't come along and steal your werewolfism from you. And now you're not right. So that's one of the rules is they can switch rules with you without you knowing, you know, anyways, I didn't, I didn't love that about it, but again, I'm not, uh, it is what it is. Well, this VR werewolves within was made by Ubisoft. Um, and, um, it's basically a VR version of that. So you put the helmet on, you get a roll, and now you're in this VR world where you're sitting around a fire with other players. They all have avatars as well. And you get given, you know, same thing. It's the exact same game. They just have different names for stuff, but it's all done in one one game round. Everyone gets given a roll. The roles do different things where you can, you know, lean to one side. If you're a certain, like, I think the houndsman is somebody who can sort of smell to one side of the circle. And it tells you on that side of, you know, Hey, there may be a werewolf on this side of the circle. So you can say, Hey guys, I'm the houndsman. And it says that somebody to the right of me, at least as far as this person, this person, this person, that might be a werewolf or whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's a really fun game because VR makes a lot of people motion sick, but it's really just a game where you're sitting around in a circle talking to other people. But I'll tell you this in the middle of the night, when I bet up all this, no one to, you know, when I've been living at the opposite end of the day and everyone's asleep when I'm awake, it's a fun little game to throw on. It's still, it's still a game. It's social deduction, but I'm sitting around with eight or nine people. We're all shooting the shit, even though it's in VR, it's still a lot of fun to, 
you know, yak and talk and, and whatever it is. So, um, I know it's a big, long explanation, but if you happen to be somebody who has VR or you happen to be somebody just looking for something to play, you know, maybe you've got a, uh, a relatively large group of people in your house. Um, you can play one night werewolf with, um, with, I think as few as five people. So if you happen to be looking for something with your family, um, it's a perfect game, you know, and that's a, the game in a box it doesn't have to be the video game version. I'm just saying that this game is so popular. They've made different iterations of it and it even exists in, uh, in a virtual reality format game. Uh, so I spent some late nights playing that. I know it's a little long winded version of it, but, uh, Hey, that's what I've been doing. Um, what else? Um, let me, let me bust off video games for a second here. I'm going to say that, uh, I had the opportunity to do a friend of mine, uh, Carlos, who I used to work with at future shop, uh, him and some friend of his have a party, a party cast, a podcast called shooting the shit. And, uh, and I was a guest of that podcast. You guys can find that, um, the audio versions, but they also do it on YouTube. So it was recorded with video, which means I put a hat on for it because I'm shaggy fuck right now. Um, and it wasn't particularly long. I think they do a few different guests, but I did probably about, you know, 20, maybe 30 minutes chatting with them on there. Um, and it was fun. It was fun again to do something a little social. Uh, you know, I got asked those whole questions. Why did I get into stand up and how do you deal with hecklers and all that fun stuff? But honestly, if you guys are looking for something just to, to throw on in the background, you might be sitting there listening to this going, I don't know what eh, something you can watch afterwards. Uh, shooting the shit. Um, my buddy Carlos's podcast. I had fun. They're going to have me back on sometime. I, I can't wait to do it. Um, so yeah, there's an, an extra little thing for you. If you're looking for, <laughs> for some extra Josh, if I'm really just selling, listening to me, talk shit. Um, there's another opportunity for you to listen to me, uh, talking. Um, I'm going to bounce over to uh, a little shout out to my pal, uh, Vanessa. Let's see here. I'm looking at st- what I got here on, uh, on my notes. So I want to make sure that I, I do this in such a way. Cause there's a few different things I want to talk about. Um, yeah, I'll talk about this. So, um, my pal red Vanessa, friend of the podcast, good friend of mine, uh, she works for a company in uh, London, Ontario that recently got, uh, or recently merged with a large company called unity and unity is a, I guess a software. I don't know if they're a developer they're, they're a game engine. So red had to explain this to me because I've seen unity before. As a matter of fact, uh, werewolves within what I was just talking about, uh, it was developed by Ubisoft, but it was run on the unity engine. I think, uh, overcooked Two, which I talk about all the time is also one of the games that was built on the unity engine. There's a lot of games that are built on the unity engine. Sometimes you guys see like unreal in a video game or whatever. It's like unreal engine, whatever. Um, there's a lot of different kinds of sort of engines out there for games, but it's basically like, I think I, I, this is a very layman's dumbed down version, but it's like, kind of like someone's like, Oh, that game looks way different than this game. It's like, well, it doesn't make the game the same. Think of it like Photoshop. You can make a cartoon image on Photoshop, or you can make a really nice, you know, digital photography image on Photoshop. Photoshop is just a, a, a program you use to create an end result. Well, game engines are like that. You want to build a game. You need some sort of software engine to, to build and design the game. Well, that's what unity is. Uh, if red, if I'm wrong, please write in and correct me, but that's what I understood from our conversation. So her, uh, her company that she works for, uh, finger food, uh, recently merged with unity. So, uh, she's a, she's a good friend of mine. She's a gamer. She, uh, her and I've been, been chatting video games, uh, since we were in high school. Um, yeah, all the way back to like, you know, the early versions of the Sims and stuff like that, that we would play. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so, uh, I don't know lot. I'm, I'm happy for her. She's not going to be working for a company that, you know, well, with a company that, uh, 
I guess it's still her company. They merged. So it's her company, but she's going to be working on, uh, you know, on new and exciting projects. So, um, very excited for her, uh, jazzed, um, congratulations, uh, to you shout out. And, uh, and red and I have actually been playing uh, a lot of the don't starve game. I've actually been playing even more. Um, so, um, I've got a few different ways to bounce around because there's a lot of different talks here. So red, I've talked to you guys about don't starve Tim Burton look looking game, a little, you know, sort of a sepia tone cartoonish kind of thing. Great game. It's survival. It's, uh, I'm having a blast playing it. I'm, I'm losing hours to this game. Like I think today I started playing it. Um, I've been playing it probably at least a little bit every day for, for about a week. Now I play with red at times. Um, I've actually been playing with my friend Tina in Finland. Um, so she's at the opposite. It's funny. Cause we'd have more time to play together if I wasn't awake overnights, but it's still a seven hour difference. So we play the game. She stays up super late on her end, but it's still the afternoon for me. And then I've had times where it's like five in the morning and she's just getting up and I'm like, Hey, you want to, or well, she's not getting up. She's been up for a little bit, but she's like, you want to hop on? I'm like, sure. And then I drag myself into the wee hours in the morning, but, um, what a, what a great, addictive game. It's simple to play, but it's so hard to get good at. Like, it's just a matter of pick this up, pick that up, find, find things and build them together and then build this to build that. And it's, uh, it's a, it's tough. It's a tough game. Like I played with, with red tonight and we got, uh, we got a, <laughs> the, the game is so crazy, you know, like I'll, I'll, I, I don't know if I've given you guys this example before, but like you start off in your middle of the woods, you have nothing. So you got to start picking up rocks and twigs and flowers and berries to stay alive because you've got your health, your sanity, and your, your stomach, your hunger. And those are the three things that you got to keep full. And, and there's lots of things where to, in order to eat there, there's lots of things where if you, you need to, you're hungry, so you got to eat, but the only thing you can eat is like this mushroom and this mushroom is going to, it's going to fill your belly, but it's going to hurt your health because it's poison or whatever. So the idea is sometimes you got to like make sacrifices. Well, I've got a lot of health and I have no, no, you know, nothing in my stomach. I got to I got to take the, the health hit to get the hunger hit shit like that. But the idea too, is that like, so there's, there's regular things that of course make sense in the game, constant balances between, you know, uh, you know, one more day, it plays in a series of days and there's daytime, nighttime, everything is so hostile. Like if you're in the dark at all, you're dead. The darkness itself kills you. The screen goes black. If you don't have fire or a lamp or something, you just, your character just starts, you just screen starts flashing red. You're taking hits in the dark and then you're just dead. You don't get to see what it was that killed you. And it, like I said, there wasn't anything there in particular. It was just, you're in the dark and you start taking damage. Um, but I'll give you a small example of something that's kind of like wacky that you wouldn't expect in a game about surviving in the wilderness. Like there's, like I said, there's some regular beasts and then there's some shit that's like made up. They have these things called no eye deers, which like blind deers that just kind of jump around. Um, there's like bishops and knights from like chess that kind of bounce around. It's kind of like an, honestly, it's kind of like an Alice in Wonderland sort of thing. But an example of something that you wouldn't expect is, um, there's something called a tree guardian in it. So as you get an ax and you start chopping wood to make a fire and build certain tools and things like that, things that you would need wood for. Um, when you chop down a tree, you usually get, you know, a couple logs and you might get a couple pine cones or something. You're kind of like, well, what are these pine cones? So you can use them to plant and, and grow trees back, but you might be like, well, fuck that. I don't need to grow trees back or whatever. So you keep chopping down trees. Well, eventually 
the tree guardian, like one of the trees in the area will just turn into this big tree guardian and start chasing you and attacking you. And the whole idea is you've cut down so many trees that now that there's some guardian thing that needs to protect the forest from you. And the idea is that you balance out chopping down trees by planting new ones with these pine cones and, and things like that, that, that come out of them. Um, there's a lot of things like that. I, I played a game tonight where we had a lot of honey. Well, this thing called a burger showed up, which is like a bear badger and it showed up and it started smashing everything we had and started eating all the honey. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? And then like, we Googled it and found out that because we had an abundance of honey, that's what makes this thing come. It's like a bear coming into your cramped campground to eat food. Oh, this thing smashed everything that we had and, and ate it. So it was like, it was devastating <laughs> and it was huge. It was like a three story tall bear badger thing. Um, this game is, I'm having so much fun with it because there's so many things that I've no, like I have, I've begun barely begun to scratch the surface of all the different things going on in this game. Um, there's an underground thing where you crack, you know, crack rocks and you'll find these sinkholes and you can jump into them. And now there's an underground world. That's got a million things. discovered. I've spent zero time, zero time in the underground. So, and like I said, there's, there's four seasons as well. There's day cycles and there's, there's, uh, you know, seasonal cycles. Um, I've never, I've only ever survived autumn. I've made it into winter. The game always starts in autumn. I've made it into winter. I have never survived winter. Uh, winter is cold. All the things that you grow and plant don't grow in winter time. So you got to find, you have to have basically made and, and harvested and preserved enough food to make it, make you last through the, you know, weeks of winter. Um, then apparently in the spring, it rains all the time. So all your stuff is wet. You're always cold. You have to find basically shelter from the rain all the time. Then in the summertime, it's way too hot. So you're burning and this, like the whole, this world is trying to kill you all the time. And it is a constant struggle to stay alive in it, but it's fun because you keep finding new things, you keep building new things. You, you know, you no sooner get yourself to a point where you're like, I think we're going to be okay. And then the, the weather changes or some fucking giant bear comes and destroys your camp looking for honey. Like you're always finding new things uh, in the game. It's a, it's a fucking blast. I'm having a blast. I get to play with my, my friend red. I get to play with my friend Tina. Um, both editions. I will say this. I know this for a fact on PlayStation. I probably should have checked Xbox first for anyone who's there. It's also available on the PC. The game that I'm playing is called don't starve together. There was an original version called don't starve, which is a single player edition has expansions. Uh, I believe all the expansions are in don't starve together. These games are currently on sale on the PlayStation store. I think they're, they're half price or more than half price, um, more than half price off. I should say, um, so, uh, pick them up. If you're, if you're looking for a game, get don't like the don't starve game. I think you get for five bucks. If you want it with its expansions, it's like $6, uh, down from like 20 or 30. So, um, you want to play by yourself. If you don't have a uh, PlayStation plus, or if you don't have Xbox live or whatever the, the pay to, to play online one is get yourself the don't starve. Um, if you can play with friends, get don't starve together. I think 15 bucks gets you. There's a don't starve bundle that gives you the regular single player game, all the expansions and don't starve together. That's the online one with friends that I've been playing. Um, I think you get all of them for 15 bucks. That's nothing during this pandemic. So, you know, if you're looking for something fun, addict, a good time waster, you get right into it and you're always learning new things. Like it, it starts off and you think, okay, I can't even tell you how vast this is. Like it, it's, it's a real, a real tough, you know, easy to learn, easy to play, tough, tough, tough to master, tough to master. Um, and I've already spent 
hours and hours and hours playing this. I'm having an absolute blast. And thank you to Red for playing. Thank you to Tina for playing. Uh, Red's the one who told me about it, turned me on to it. Um, I told Tina about it. Tina's a friend of mine. We met uh, just a random match playing um, Overcooked. Uh, that's what I was thoroughly enjoying, uh, overcooked. And, uh, and when we played through that whole game, didn't take very long when we played through the whole game. Um, I was just saying, Hey, I'm loving playing with you. It's a shame that we're kind of done with this game. I told her about don't starve. And now Tina's playing don't starve with us too, which is great. She downloaded it. We were having an absolute, absolute blast with it. Um, so yeah, um, I'm can't say enough good things about, uh, don't starve together. Like I said, both editions are on sale. My dad just downloaded the, uh, the thing. So I'm actually looking for it. He's an outdoorsy kind of guy. And I figured a game where you're trying to survive outdoors and whatnot would be right up his alley. So I'm hoping that he gets PlayStation plus at some point so that, that he and I can play. And I got to say, uh, Tina red and I have been playing together at times, which is a lot of fun having three people. Cause it's, uh, there's more, it's, it really is that whole, well, uh, the world isn't making more things for us. There's still the same amount of resources. However, you know, you got more people doing it. So it's almost easier. It's, it's easier and harder because, you know, now we have more people that can, you know, bring in resources and go do this and go do that. But the very real thing is we now have more mouths to feed and that can be difficult too, because, you know, when you've got a, uh, a bee box, right? Like a honey hive, whatever beehive that we've, that we've manufactured, uh, uh, artificial beehive, you know, it still only makes so much honey in a day. So for one player, you know, might've taken a little longer to make it, but now it's a renewable sort of, it's making honey every day. Well, now it's got to feed more people than just the ones that were there. So it's great. It's great. Uh, it's, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. I can't say enough good things about it. I will move on though. I will move on. Uh, speaking of overcooked, I've been playing, uh, overcooked with my buddy, Chad, Chad, uh, downloaded that. That's one of my, my two buddies from New York, Chad and rich listeners of the podcast. Thank you fellas for listening. Um, we, we met, uh, Chad and I, and uh, Richard met when we were playing, uh, red dead two, uh, online. And it was just a friend of mine. I was playing with him online. He was like, hey, here's two of my buddies. We shot the shit. I had a bunch of, you know, played some game, you know, we we're all playing on the same, you know, posse online for a while. And, uh, came friends with those dudes. And, uh, and now we, we chat regularly online. So even if I'm not playing the same game as them, we, we throw on a PlayStation party and chat again. For me, it's nice to be social stuck at home. None of my roommates are here. We won't go into that, but, uh, none of them are here. They're always out and about. Um, so it's cool. I'm not missing anything by sleeping all day because no one's here. And, uh, and then at night I'm the only one around. So it's kind of cool to, to shoot the shit with some guys and, uh, and, and Chad and rich downloaded overcooked based on my recommendations. That's what I was playing for a while. Um, and I had completed it, got all trophies. And then I started helping Chad do it. That game, like I said, you're organizing a kitchen, you're, you're, you're serving orders. It really does play like a kitchen is not one person can do all of the tasks. There's just not enough time to do everything yourself. So you got to have one person doing one thing, another person doing another delegating, managing, and, uh, and the levels are always doing something wacky and strange counters moving around and having access earthquakes, separating the kitchen and then bringing it back together and all sorts of wacky cartoony stuff. So I'm playing with Chad, trying to help him get you know, a three-star score in every level. And I'm yelling, like we're, we're trying to do it. I'm yelling at him. He's, Characters running around like a chicken with its head cut off. I am fucking giving this guy directions and barking orders at him like a like a Russian gymnastics coach. Or, You'll do it again. God, what's wrong with you? You're never gonna make it. <laughs> like again, not not that brutal, but 
Oh my God. It's so funny. And it's a, it's a stressful game. Again, it's one where you could, you could pass. I mean, the game doesn't, you don't, you don't have to fail halfway through and start over again. The whole idea is it's just a score. So the more orders you get out, the higher score, but you know, the scores are all ranked based on how well your performance is. So it was just so funny to, to, to play with Chad and, and, and do that. We're having a great time playing it. Um, but yeah, so, so revisiting a lot of these, these online teamwork sort of social games, uh, that too, I may add is on sale. So overcooked all of the expansions overcooked too. Um, those games are on sale right now. I know for sure on PlayStation sale, I don't know about Xbox, but you know, all you have to do is Google it. If you're on one of those consoles, can't recommend it enough. Great, great, great games. Um, what else? Uh, and Chad and I have actually got a challenge going right now. So again, with, when it comes to trophies and things like that, um, we're just trying to, to match each other. We're both level 14s and we're both, uh, homing in on, uh, on level 15, so it's just one of those, he's, he's much, he's actually, he was already level 14. I I've been beating so many games that I jumped from 13 to 14 and, uh, and he's, I think 80% of the way to level 15 and I'm 35% of the way to level 15, but I'm faster at beating them. This is just, uh, this means nothing to anybody, but, but me and him. But one of the things I'm doing, one of the reasons I'm playing so much, so much time spending ga- playing games is that, um, we sort of challenged each other. I'm, I'm, I kind of was like, you know what? I think I can get to 15 before you do just based on how much I'm playing and how quickly I can knock trophies off my list. Um, so yeah, the more trophies you unlock, the faster you you level up. This means nothing to anybody but me, but fuck it. If you're, if you're doing something, may as well give yourself a, a target to hit, right? Rather than just doing it, you know, to set a goal. <laughs> That's the closest to goal setting you'll hear from me during this, this, this pandemic right now is what are your, what are your goals during this pandemic, Josh? Well, I'm trying to hit level 15 before some 17 year old kid in New York. Is that going to get you to a happy place, Josh? I don't know. I don't know, but it gives me a reason to get out of bed right now. <laughs> to beat your ass, Chad. Um, so that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing with my games. I'm having fun with that. So that's the challenge. I'll let you guys know if he beats me. He is at 82% and I'm at 35%. But um, I wasn't always. I was not always. I was actually for a while, um, like I said, in uh, 13. I, I'm, I played a game last night. Speaking of VR, I'm going to tell you guys this one real quick. This is the last, uh, sorry, second last game I'm going to talk about. All right. My life is is games and TV shows right now. Um, I played a game in VR called Astrobot, uh, Astrobot rescue mission. Holy fuck. So good. Okay. If you've never played VR and you guys have heard me talk about doing PlayStation VR demos and all sorts of different things like that. If you've never played VR, Astrobot is the game. It is the best VR game. It is basically, it's so, it's such a simple concept for a game, but it's so beautiful to look at when you're playing. The idea is you, you put on the VR helmet and you're controlling this little robot. And it's, it's kind of like the way super Mario 64 was like the first time you're running around 3d with Mario and how those worlds were like open. And was, it was honestly such a Marvel for the eyes. Like, Oh my God, I can, it's still a platformer, but I'm like, I'm jumping, I'm climbing along walls and all these different worlds. So beautiful right? Ice worlds and fire worlds and under underwater worlds and dungeons and all these different things. Like, holy fuck, it's right. And, and collectibles. You got to, there's, you know, you got to do certain things to find, to get three stars in a level, right? Where's, where's the star for this? And I got to find all the red coin, like all these different things for super Mario 64. Well, Astrobot is, is effectively that it's different worlds. You're controlling this little robot. All right. It's VR. So you look around and you control him and you jump him from platform to platform. But as he moves forward in the world, so does your view. Cause you're kind of, I guess you're 
supposed to be this robot with a controller and the controller is controlling Astrobot. It's hard to say. I would say Google it and take a look at it a little bit. It looks so simple, but keep in mind, guys, VR, when you're watching a VR game on a screen, it is nothing like being in it. All right. When everywhere you look, you know, you're not looking at a square in front of you, like on a TV, you're looking through your eyes and where you look around and turn your head. That's what you see. So this big, vivid, colorful world around you with things to interact with and stuff like that. It's It's a gorgeous game. It's the best game. Uh, in my opinion, best game I've ever played in VR, the most immersive. What's fun about VR stuff too, is I'll say this, there are some games that try to be like realistic where it's real humanoid type stuff. I told you guys about swinging around in Spider-Man, the fact that it's supposed to, to look real, but it's still very kind of polygony, shapely in terms of you know, square buildings and things, not a lot of textures to them, you know, not a lot of detail because it's, it's a lot to do to create a whole world, right? And one that looks real. So when you're in one that's trying to go for realism, it's almost like your, your brain pulls away from it because it knows it's not real. It looks off and phony. Like all those movies where someone's in a, in a dream world and they're like, this isn't right. This isn't your, your brain's having that whole, like, I know what you're trying to tell me, but this isn't, this isn't right. Whereas when you do a cartoon one, the, the whole world's cartoony. So you, you get the feel of it. You know, you're not like, Oh, what's, what's wrong with this? Cause it's not trying to be real, but it, doesn't look real. So it's kind of fucking you up or you, do you know what I mean? So all the ones, all the VR games where it's like, they go for, for cartoony, silly, not, not stupid or, or bad, but just where the world's a cartoon. Well, your brain doesn't pull against it because it's not going, Oh, this is real. Whereas, you know, or, 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 or wow, this seems real, but it's not, it just goes, Oh, this is, this is wacky, but I can, I can enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not whatever it, it doesn't hurt the head. Um, since you're not necessarily the thing moving as much as Astrobot is, you're controlling him in this virtual reality world. So, so because he's doing the vast majority of the jumping and the, the sliding and the fighting and all this stuff, it it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for people with motion sickness. Um, super fun game. Beautiful, beautiful to look at. I don't know. I, I loved it. I had an absolute blast completed it hundred percent. Um, if you play one game in VR, if you're somebody who has a, a, you know, a PlayStation VR or something like that, and you've never had an opportunity to, to play something that you thought was great, you got to try Astrobot. I just finished it earlier this evening. As a matter of fact, it's the last thing I did, um, before I started the podcast, I was, I was having so much fun. I was so energized. Um, I was like, oh, I'm going to record this earlier today got busy. I was going to record this tomorrow. And I'm like, I just keep putting it off. So nope. Astrobot did it. Had a blast. Amazing. Um, we're getting, we're getting on the whole, the home stretch here, guys. Um, I'll tell you about a show I finished. And then I'm going to tell you one last game thing. I'll move on to the whiskey thing, the smile direct. And, uh, and then we can, we can call it a show. See, I'm only 37 minutes in according to this. Um, I finished Ozark. So all three seasons, uh, I burned through the third season this week. I've been watching it for a little while, but I was only kind of watching it when I was eating. And again, I'm not really watching a lot of shows, so it's, uh, it's nice to, to watch, you know, to, to stick with something and kind of, you know, as opposed to trying to remember what happened in this show and where was I going on that show? And who was that guy? We're three seasons into it. Whatever happened to that character? No, just, just having fun. So Ozark. Uh, Jason Bateman's kind of like a breaking bad sort of thing. That's all I guess that's, you know, you find out very quickly in the very first episode. So, you know, if you're going to watch it, it's not like, you know, you won't learn, but basically it's another one of those, you know, guys 
working for the, you know, uh, he's, he's doing illegal activity and trying not to get caught. And every, every, you know, every episode, another thing's happening that it's just like, oh, how the fuck are they getting into this one? And, uh, third season raises the stakes. Um, I got into Ozark because everybody was posting online when the third season came out last month that, oh my God, some of the best writing this thing, this thing's yeah, outdoing itself again. And, um, I gotta say, uh, the first two seasons were very interesting. Um, but I was like, okay, I don't, I don't find this like too crazy. And then season three, I burned through probably in like a couple days. Um, it's not all I did, but, um, instead of just playing games all day, every day and only eating, you know, only watching something, you know, watching an episode of Ozark over the course of two and a half days, one episode, because I'd watch it 20 minute increments while I was eating. Um, I actually like just laid in bed at one point this week and just watched like episode after episode of, of season three. Cause it was just, it was so good. Um, but, uh, not the best show of all time. It's not what I'm trying to say, but, uh, I would, I think, I think you'll enjoy the first two seasons. I think you'll really enjoy the third season. Of course, the last minute of the final episode of season three obviously gets you invested in for whatever they put out next. And who knows when that'll be. I can't imagine them, you know, after all the accolades it got, I can't imagine them not doing another season of it, but, uh, it's a good show. Ozark, Jason Bateman, Laura Linney. That's the only people I can name in that show. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, check it out. Um, and the last game I will talk about, I barely started it, but it's kind of lame now. <laughs> kind of lame. I didn't, I didn't enjoy my experience with the first part of it, but then again, I only played the prologue, um, is a game called heavy rain. So I've told you guys as of late that, um, I was playing a lot of games like, uh, life is strange is what it's called. Um, there's other games like telltale and things like that. It's games where you're walking around and you're making dialogue choices and you're, you're doing things and, and whatever. Um, well, a lot of people have recommended to me a game called Detroit become human. Um, and they said that it is a great, great game. And it's made by a company called quantic dream. Um, and who also, I guess before Detroit became human, they did a game called beyond two souls. And before that, they did a game called heavy rain. Well, all of them over the course of the last few years were available for free at some point through the PlayStation plus I have downloaded, uh, each one of them. And I guess my, my next series of games I'm going to play through is those. Um, I don't know anything about them. I just was like, okay, I'll play it. So, uh, heavy rain. I started to play the other day and I guess I got through, uh, I took a look at the trophies, right? Cause I always try to be mindful of when I'm playing a game, make sure I don't miss this trophy or that trophy while I'm playing it. Right. Certain stipulations I have to do. So I, I take a look and see, okay, you know, in the beginning do this. So I did that and I played through a really long prologue, which I got to say, like the controls were a little weird. The graphics were old. I mean, this game is over 10 years old. Um, but the graphics were kind of old looking. I didn't hate it or anything. It was just kind of slow. I found the voice acting was kind of dumb, you know, like, uh, I don't know about you guys, but my buddies, Peter and Ivan, they used to have this thing they call people like an asshole face. It's like, this guy's just got an asshole face. You just look at his face and it looks like an asshole. The main character in heavy rain has an asshole face. And then the things he says are stupid. So. I'm going to say this. If you've never played the game, you've had a decade to play it. I only played the prologue. Okay. 
But as soon as the prologue, as soon as I did this one thing in the prologue, I was supposed to pop a trophy. The trophy didn't pop. I did the things right. It didn't pop. And I was like, mm, did, I, did I fuck something up? I kept playing. I played to the end of the prologue and there's supposed to be a trophy for, for finishing the prologue. That didn't pop. And I was like, what the fuck? So I started it over again. I played through the prologue again. Those trophies didn't pop. And I was like, fuck this game. But I Googled it and turns out that like those all, those trophies I was supposed to pop will pop later. It's like a glitch in the game, but they pop all at the same time as some other thing. And I was like, all right, so I guess I'll go back and try again. But in the prologue, you're like a dad and it's your son's birthday. You wake up and you brush your teeth. I also don't like the control scheme. Like you have to shake the controller to brush your teeth instead of just using the stick or whatever. Like it's a game that's trying to make you immersed by making you wiggle the controller side to side and then up and down to like scrub, scrub your hair in the shower and then dry your hair side to side and then fling the controller when you want to throw something like I have these little battery packs that are plugged in my controller. So when I fling the controller, they fly off across the room. Like it's just, it's irritating. So I have to hold the controller weird to hold the battery pack in place and then swing it around for whatever. It's just, the control isn't fun. The guy has an asshole face. He can fuck himself. And I, so yeah. And then my trophies didn't pop. I was like, all right, fuck this. The voice acting's stupid. So here's what, what happens in the prologue. You get up, you brush your teeth, you pee, you get dressed, like a lot of mundane stuff. And then your wife's left you a note saying like, I'm going to pick up the kids after work, you know, just try not to work too hard, you know, and then we're going to have the party for our kid or whatever. So he goes downstairs. He's like, I guess he's an engineer. The very nice house that you're in, by the way, very nice house, very nice neighborhood. Um, you go downstairs and I guess you're an architect of sorts. Cause you're drawing up these, like one of the things that makes you do is like drop these plans for a new house. Then you clean up. The, 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 the living room, then your kids and your family come home. So you're like set the table for your wife. These are all like things that, that give you like, all right, move the controller like this and that to put one plate out, then do it again for the next plate. Like, it's just, it's, it's obviously it's teaching you how to maneuver and, and, you know, go through the game, but it's just like, holy fuck is this ever tedious and then the dad, dad, I want to play. You go outside, dad, dad, I want to play with you. No, no, me first, me first. And which kid gets to go first? All right, let's helicopter. And you, you know, swing one kid around. Then the next kid goes up on your shoulders and you run them through the yard. And, oh, then we play swords, you know, get ready to say your prayers. You shall pay for your crimes. Just like re like guys, porn has the same level of like acting and shit like that. Like it's, it's bad voice acting. So then you have your kid's birthday party. And then the next thing it fades out and it fades and you're at the mall with your kid. And then you, you know, he, your wife and one of the kids goes into a shoe store and you're with your other kid and you're like, okay, stay near me. Jason turns around and the kid's gone. Jason, Jason, where are you? And he wanders down the hall and you can click the button to like call it to your kid. But instead of being like, Jason, 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 like different things. He just goes, Jason, 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 Jason. And, then, and it keeps letting you click it. Like you're not gonna put anything else. It's just so stupid. He's walking, you're walking through the mall. Jason, 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 Jason. It's not even how you would yell for your kid. Jason, Jason. So it's so stupid. Then you find him and he's at a clown. He wants a balloon. He's 10. Keep in mind, he's 10 years old and he wants a balloon. Dad, can I have one? Come on. Okay. Like he's calling the kid, told the kid not to walk off. The kid literally walked off the first second he could. Turns around. Then uh, <laughs> you're on the second floor of a mall. So he finds, finds the, the the kid at the clown, buys him the balloon and tells him, now don't wander off. Okay. That was really bad. You shouldn't have wandered off. Like he's literally telling him this. And the, kid, the kid's response is, dad, can I have a balloon? And then the father rewards him. Bad parenting. 
rewards and buys him the balloon and says, now don't wander off. And then the wife, you know, and then, and then the kid, the first thing he does is wander off again into the crowd. There's so many people walk around. You can't see him. So you're kind of like following the balloon, trying to find the kid. And then you finally find that the, the catch up is not your kid. It's another kid holding a red balloon. And now you've gone down an escalator at this point. You've walked several, like you've walked far on the top of the mall, gone down an escalator looking for your kid, go near the front doors of the mall, open the doors, walk out onto the street. And your kid is across the street with his balloon. And you're like, Jason, 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 the whole way. And then your kid, you finally see your kid across the street. I think he's just standing there and and you go, Jason. And the kid turns around, looks at you and starts running across the street to you and gets hit by a car. Now, None of that makes any sense. You're like, don't go anywhere. Like what kid is like, oh, I'm with my parents. I'm going to run across the mall, out the front door, across the street. My dad calling me the whole time, like an idiot. And then finally I'm going to turn around and just run back to him. Didn't even do anything. It's not like he ran outside after something or anything, just there and gets hit by a car and died. And that's the end of the prologue. And then it, it fades back in and you're picking up, like it's raining. You're picking up one of your kids from school and you drive back. This is where I stopped playing. You drive back to a shitty little apartment in the rain and you put your, you know, one kid gets on the TV, whatever. And it's like, a, it's a shit apartment. So it's like, okay, so the kid died. The wife clearly blames you for it. I guess divorces you or whatever. Did you lose your job on top of it too? Like big architect or whatever. So, I mean, I'm not far enough enough to find out what happened, but all of it was shit. So the prologue was over and I ended up the shit part. Didn't get my trophies. I stopped, whatever. Sorry for the long-winded thing on that. This story was so stupid. I'm still going to play it because everyone says, oh, it's really good. Clearly this was good enough that they felt the need to make more games, right? But everyone's raving about Detroit Become Human. So I'm going to do it. The sun is literally coming up behind me. Uh, it's gone from the, that's my cue to go to bed. Once the, once the sun's back, I, I can hang up my fucking my flashlight and my baton guys, the night watchman is done. My job is to keep an eye on the world to make sure it doesn't explode while you're all sleeping comfortably during this COVID. All right. I wake up in the evening. You guys start getting tired, make dinner. And I go, ah, I'm going to stretch shower, make some breakfast. And when, you know, nine o'clock rolls around and everyone's starting to think about go to bed, that's when it's fucking go time for me. Now I'm, I'm watching the world through the computer or through the TV. <laughs> that way if something happens, one of the people on the the party that I'll be on can go, Oh my God, did you guys hear about this? And I'll be the first one to know. Or my buddy, Peter will text message me over the course of the evening or whatever. My clock is so fucked up. Anyways, heavy rain. Um, I will be playing that this week and I will let you guys know if it got better at all or if it's a complete waste of time. That's what I do. I, I play games that are over 10 years old and then I, and then I bitch about them. All right. Before I get to the whiskey trivia for the week, I will tell you guys about my smile direct journey. I told you guys about the, the, the aligners that I was doing. Um, I've had to use my, my last set of retainers, which was already a correctional one. So, all right, ordered it. I went into the stop. They, they scan my mouth. The people at the office. Great. I go in, they scan my mouth with this high tech machine. They send the shit off. They're polite. They, they show me things. They answer any questions I have. The people in house are great. Then. Uh, my first set of aligners and everything came great. And I started aligning my teeth. Great. And then near the end, I noticed that my teeth weren't quite fitting into the aligners properly. And I thought, okay, maybe, maybe I wear it for a few days and they'll start to fit. Well, I went in and got a rescan. They didn't send me my new retainers. I had to follow up with them. They're like, oh, we forgot to do this. We'll, we'll, we'll do that now and have them sent to you. And then a month would go by and I'd go, okay, and this is all pre COVID. 
uh, oh, oh, sorry, we, we, we pushed them through to that part. Now we just need to do this. Now they're on their way. Call a month later. Where the fuck are my things? Like you guys are still charging me money for this. This is supposed to be one. If you're not satisfied, you get your money back, but they have this prorated thing that they do. So they don't give you your money. They give you your money back based on how far into the treatment you were when you quit. Well, if you try something and you're not satisfied, you know, that's like saying, you know, if you buy these pants, you can, we give, you know, and you're not satisfied, we'll give them back, but you can't pull them all the way up. So we're going to give you them back based on how high you pull them up your legs. You know, you get 50% back if they get them up to your knees and we start getting halfway up your legs. You're like, mm, they still feel right. Well, you didn't put them on all the way. So it's okay. We'll give you, we'll give you half your money back. You know, it's stupid. How are we going to know you're not satisfied with the system? You, you don't know if it works until you're a certain way through it. You know, if you have crooked teeth and starting to straighten them, but you might be like, nah, there's no, it hurts or it's not really for me. Like, don't you have to, how would you know halfway through? It's not done yet. Again, go to a restaurant and go, you know, well, well if you're not satisfied, you're, we'll, we'll take care of you. Well, well, hold on. You ate, you ate some of the meal when it was cooked. It was already done. No, you go back there and you, you taste the batter, you know, you taste the pastry batter and go, ah, I'm going to stop now. Give me half my money back. Cause it's half made it's fucking. It's stupid. So to me, that's a little sketchy because how are you going to know? I, and that's the thing with me is I got all the way to the end of my first treatment and went, oh, look, they're not like I waited to the last few of them. And, and the, I mentioned, Hey, it's not, they're not fitting properly. You guys told me to finish it and then we'd scan them at the end. So it's like you coached me into not, into not being able to, to receive a, a, a refund. I'm, I'm satisfied to an extent, but here's the thing. So I got scanned again. It was supposed to fix the error. After me chasing them down, going, where's my shit and having them push it through. I finally got my, my new three, you know, three month set of retainers. They did not fix the issue that they were supposed to. I had to go to a dentist and pay to get my teeth filed properly. Then I went and got scanned. It's okay. I need a retainer to keep this intact. My retainer just now I got scanned pre going into lockdown. Okay. Just yesterday or the day before, which is a couple days past the podcast date, uh, got my retainer and I finally put it in yesterday and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't cover my teeth all the way. Like there's still gaps, same issue as having. So three times they have not been able to get it to fit properly. You literally scan my teeth the way they are now. All you had to do was send me a retainer that would hold them in place the way they were. And I got a fucked up retainer. So I'm really, really not happy with having to chase them down. They are maybe six months shy of getting all the money out of me for the entire system. Um, I'm happy with the in-store, you know, the in, in-house people. Sorry, I'm touching my two teeth at the front there to feel if they've shifted. Um, I, if I have the retainer out all day, I, I did. I, I took it out probably at like... 5 PM to make dinner. And I've been in the habit of only having to wear my, my last set of aligners as a retainer. So putting it in before bed and then taking it out when I wake up, I'm supposed to wear this one for two weeks straight, but again, it doesn't even cover my teeth. So it's not, it's not doing the job anyways. Anyways, um, overall, if you're one of those people who are looking into it, I mean, a lot of people love the results. I'm still glad my teeth are straighter, but in terms of like them being able to scan it and send me something that I need and getting the turnaround, like chasing them down every time is a giant fucking pain in the ass. And like I said, their satisfaction guarantee is only if you quit before you even know whether or not it was going to work. If they're still straightening your teeth, you wait till the end, you don't get any of your money back. It's so stupid. So stupid. So overall results of the thing, um, it did straighten my teeth. Um, although I had to go through several hoops and, and in the end I had to get them filed down 
myself, like to, to even out the mistake that they couldn't fix. Um, so six out of 10 overall. So it's over a pass, but when you have to, when you pay for a service and then you have to go somewhere else and get another service to, to do part of what they should have been doing thumbs down on that. And then of course, chasing them down as well. So overall experience six out of 10, but I do, uh, or sorry, six out of 10 for the overall result. Uh, but the customer service, complete garbage, complete fucking garbage. The, I switched credit cards, uh, twice over the course of the year. I don't remember why the first time I think one of them, uh, I upgraded one of the time I had, I had suspicious activity. I had to cancel a card. And then another time I, uh, upgraded cards and they sent me a new card, but twice within the experience, um, I, my number was changed. And of course, um, I wasn't thinking of them. I also wasn't in a particular hurry either. Um, they would try to make a payment or take a payment and it wouldn't go through cause they had a different number on file. They would call me the same day. So when it came to getting their money, they were on your app. It wasn't like we tried and, and it failed. We'll try again in 48, you know, within the next 48 hours, please try to up your date. Like no emails or whatever. Uh, you'd get one, but you would get a call the exact same day. So they're, they're employing people hard to get your fucking money. Um, sketchy in terms of the, the guarantee. And then when you need something from them pulling teeth. So uh, no pun intended. So. It was, uh, overall, I would, I would not recommend smile direct. If you've got something very simple and you really are on a tight budget. Yeah, it'll work, but you have to be the kind of person who's going to, going to be willing to make calls. Who's going to hold their feet to the fire. If you're not happy, because there's so many people who go like, oh, well they're straighter. And I guess I'm happy with that. No, fuck that. You're paying a couple thousand dollars. You're paying almost $3,000. Um, get your fucking money's worth. You paid for it. You should be getting what they say they're going to give you. And if they can't do it, they should stand by their guarantee. If you're not satisfied, you should get your money back. Not, oh, well, you went through the treatment. Yeah, but it didn't do what it was supposed to do. I paid you to do this. You didn't do it. Give me my fucking money. With my fucking money. Right? Good fellas. Mm. Ah, just water. Just water. Sorry, I'm leaving. I'm being careful because I got my, my big water bottle here, but it's got a giant screw top with like a little U-shaped thing that keeps you from losing the lid. So gotta be careful. All right. Last subject before we move on. Um, scotch, everybody, this, uh, this week's little whiskey tidbits. I'm going to make it short and sweet. Um, what you're going to see on the labels. I told you guys that, uh, as an example, you're going to see something I told you before about bourbon, right? So there's a lot of rules of bourbon. You're going to see on a lot of bourbon bottles. It says Kentucky straight bourbon. And I told you before, that straight, I couldn't remember there was something that two years or something, four years. Well, straight bourbon is four years. So when you see Kentucky straight bourbon, if you put, uh, if you see the label straight bourbon, it means it is aged at least four years. You will see bourbons that are just labeled bourbon that they're not, if it doesn't say straight bourbon, then that means it's very likely not aged four years. I don't think you, I believe it's, that's eh, tough. It was when I was watching something on the other day, but you, I don't think you absolutely have to put straight bourbon on it if it's four years or older, but if it st says straight bourbon, it absolutely is four years or older. And another reason bourbon is not aged as long as, as scotch is because, uh, in Kentucky where it's very hot, as I mentioned before, the level of evaporation, so loss of product in the barrels due to the heat. Another word for that loss in the, the industry term is the angel share, right? The angels take their share of the whiskey coming from Scotland is where that term's from. Um, so the angel share is a lot higher in bourbon because of the heat. So they lose a lot more to evaporation. Therefore you can't really age it as long because 
you know, it's going to, you're going to lose a lot of it. And it's going to really take in the tannins and the oakiness of the wood. The corn can stand up to the tannins where scotch can't. I'd mentioned that before. Um, so you end up, you know, just four years is, is a good, is a good bourbon. You will find the occasional ones that are 10. I've got a, a 10 year old bullet bourbon here. Uh, I've not tried yet. I haven't opened it, but you know, you can find older aged bourbons. Eagle rare is a 10 year old bourbon. Um, I've got a bottle of that here too. I've tried that. It's actually quite good. Um, the idea is just, that's what it means. So if you're looking at a label, go, oh, it's, what's, what's Kentucky straight bourbon. It means that it's, it's four years old, at least four years old. And I would imagine much more than that. And they would start to put age statements on it just to let you know, like, Hey, this is, this is a good ass, you know, old ass bourbon probably, you know, and now keep in mind too, age does not necessarily mean that it tastes better after a certain time in a barrel, you know, science happens and, and the barrel just starts to break down and you get overpowering wood tastes and stuff like that. So that's why, again, older doesn't necessarily mean better. You know, there's certain ones where they find, uh, that at, at this age, this is what it's going to taste like. And we found that this pro- taste profile at this age is, is something that people enjoy and, uh, there's market for it or whatever it is, but that's why, you know, oh, I had a 50 year old scotch with a, yeah, maybe it's good. It's subjective doesn't necessarily mean it's better. There is a point of diminishing returns where just the price you're paying for it is not worth what it is. I've, like I said, currently I haven't really tried anything much more expensive, but for me, I think my, uh, my cap at the moment is $200 Canadian, um, for whiskeys. That's about as much as I, as I spend and I don't spend it often. So, um, that's, that's where I find that I'm still getting a, a taste value for my money. Um, but beyond that, you know, it very, very large diminishing returns. Um, so having said that, that's the bourbon thing. And I also told you guys that I, uh, there's also, sorry, while I'm on the subject of bourbon, I will say that, um, you will find occasionally a bottle of bourbon that'll say finished in port casks or finished in sherry casks, which means it was in the American Oak because it has to be aged in American Oak, brand new American Oak barrels to legally be called bourbon. They're very strict risky rules and laws. Um, but you'll see on it where it's like, oh, finished in port or sherry casks. Um, so a Kentucky straight bourbon can be aged for four years in the American Oak, and then they can put it, uh, finish it is what they call it. They move it to another cask and let it get some of those characteristics. So you might see something like uh, an Angel's Envy, I believe is an American bourbon. Well, they're all American bourbons, um, is a bourbon that says, you know, finished in port casks or finished in sherry casks. Um, they don't do that because it's like, Hey, here's something for you that makes you want it. It's legally obligated that they tell you if they finish it in something else. Um, so again, the, the bourbons, bourbons and American whiskey have the strictest, strictest laws in terms of representing themselves. Um, they also have to tell you, um, again, I told you guys about, um, well, actually I'll tell you about blending this episode, but I said, I told you guys before how you can mix casks together Well, there's some places, um, this will make sense later once I've explained it blending, but, um, you can source your whiskey from other places, buy it from someone else and then mix them together. And even if you want, finish them in another barrel. So you buy whiskey, you know, straight bourbon from somewhere else, and then you can finish it in a, in a, in a different cask to give it, you know, your own take on it. And now you can bottle it and sell it as your own. It's your, you bought the whiskey. It's, you know, it's like buying a, if you work in a restaurant, it's like buying a, a steak from a farmer, but then cooking it, you know, you come to, come to Al's steakhouse you know, and well, it's not, Al didn't make the steak, you know, he just bought it and cooked it, but you like the way Al doesn't, you, you like the way his cooks cook it, whatever that's it is. It's the same thing with whiskey. Lots of whiskeys are like that, which will bring me to my next point. So, um, I was saying that you have to put on the bottle where it was distilled. So there's a company called MGP. Um, 
and they make a they make I think it's like seven or eight different types of of uh, base whiskeys, so like rye and bourbons and stuff, and different taste profiles, different mash bills, and they make a fuckload of whiskey. So you can buy from them. A lot of companies, a lot of companies do, and some purists uh, turn their nose up at MGP and pretend like it's it's nothing good or whatever. But the idea is that they make a lot of of good whiskeys. And then some companies will buy from them, blend them together at different ratios and things like that, and make their own whiskey. Here's we mix this much of this much. They don't tell it on the bottle, but you have to say where it's from. So if most you know bourbons and things like that are made in Kentucky, but MGP is in Indiana. I believe it's Indiana. Uh, so it, it'll say on a bottle, it has to say where it was distilled. So it doesn't have to say it's an MGP whiskey, but if you look at it and it says distilled in Indiana, then you know, oh, oh that's an MGP whiskey. So even though it's Kentucky straight bourbon or whatever, or whatever they want to call it, it's has to say, it'll say somewhere on it, you know, distilled in MGP. In fact, there was, I was watching one video where it showed the distillation name, like distilled in Indiana was actually written incredibly small. And it was right on the cap, like the top of the bottle where you would, where you'd go to twist the cork out, it would rip along that line. So it was on there, but it it was made so that, you know, as soon as, as soon as you open the bottle, it would be almost, you you wouldn't be able to read the fact that that was, you know, it would rip and then you'd almost throw the paper off the top and just have a cork. So anyone who was looking at it, would just, it just makes it so that, you know, they want to hide that. There's, there's some whiskey companies that are, you know, they, they don't want to disclose that information, but again, because of the laws, they have to. So people want to be like, oh, this is ours, but it's, it's just, it's made by someone else. You blend it together. Nothing wrong with that. You know, remixing, you know, it's still, it's still yours, but someone else made a lot of it too. Um, now having said that, I'm going to explain to you guys one of the most, uh, simple pieces of information about, about uh, scotch, but nobody seems to know about it, you know? So I will tell you guys, everyone's heard of a single malt scotch, right? Um, if you're still listening, you know, maybe you're fascinated by what I'm telling you. Well, single malt does not mean one kind of malt. I told you guys before that there's generally speaking four main types of grains that are used in, in whiskey creation. Okay. All whiskey creation. And that's corn, rye, barley, and wheat. Okay. Those are the four main ones. Now there are I think rice is being used in some places like this is, we're talking about like craft and unique and out there and, and, you know, eccentric whiskeys. There's quinoa people. Some people are making whiskey out of quinoa. Some people are making it out of, um, what's another fucking example. I can't, I've heard some other ones. I probably, I apologize. None of them coming to mind, but, um, yeah. So the main four are corn, barley, rye, and wheat. Now malt, generally speaking, single malt is a term that you will find on, um, on scotch. All right. There are malt whiskeys that they make in the States and other places, but malt is generally something that you're going to see single malt or whatever on scotch. And the reason for that is malt means malted barley. So in Scotland, if you see uh, malt, it means, it doesn't mean like mostly malt, right? Again, because I told you guys about, you know, bourbon means 51% or more corn. Rye means 51% or more rye. When you see malt, it doesn't mean 51% or more malt. Generally speaking, vast majority condom percentage, 99.9% of the time. If it says malt, it means it's all malted barley. Barley, as I told you before, does not stand up to the tannins as wood and the tannins in wood as much as, as corn does in bourbon. 
right? So that's why corn uses the new, like bourbon uses the new American oak and malted barley from scotch has to have something that, uh, you know, held something else before. I told you guys about that in, uh, in a previous little whiskey tidbit. So when you see on a, on a, a scotch, it says single malt. Well, there's a few different things that you're going to see on scotch labels. So I'm going to explain to you guys what single malt means, and I'm going to explain to you what the other ones mean. There's generally speaking, I can't think of, a, of, of another example, but again, condom percentage, there's five different ones that you're going to see on a bottle of scotch. You're going to see single malt. You'll see single grain. Okay. Then you're going to see the subcategories, the three different subcategories that are available, which is blended malt. So you have single malt and then you'll have blended malt. You'll have single grain and then you'll have blended grain. And then you have blended scotch is what they call it. So what single malt means, it's actually two different words describing two different things. Um, it's not like single malt. Oh, it's one kind of barley. No, it's, that's not what it means at all. Single malt means the single means it comes from a single distillery. So distilleries that I like, like Macallan, Lafroig, Alagavulin, Ardbeg, um, you know, Glenmorangie, uh, Glenmorangie, I apologize, uh, Auchentoshan, like these are all distilleries. So a single malt comes, it means it's from a single distillery and then it's, uh, malted barley. That's what it means. Then you have single grain and single again, meaning from one distillery and using grains. Okay. So again, it can be wheat, it could be corn, it could be some barley, it could be rye, but it means that it's using grains, uh, not just, not just barley. Um, and then you have the subcategories, then you have blended malt. So blended means it doesn't come from a single distillery. It means it's purchased from other distilleries. Okay. So they buy different whiskeys. They blend them together. Now malt, it still says malt. So blended malt now malt is still malted barley. So all the whiskeys that they're buying in this blend are still all malted barley. So you have blended malt. It's now blended from different distilleries and made of, of barley. Then you also have blended grain. Can you guess what that means? Still different distilleries, but it's all still grain whiskey. And then you have what some call the cheapest category of scotch, which is just blended scotch. And what that means when you see a blended scotch on the bottle means that it's different distilleries and grains and barley and everything like that. Doesn't mean it's not good. Okay. You can find some really good, as a matter of fact, Johnny Walker blue, the one that everyone acts as like the best scotch out there. Um, $300 Canadian, a bottle, uh, sometimes more is a blended scotch. In fact, all of the Johnny Walker lineup is all blended scotch. Johnny Walker, red, black, double black, gold, green, you know, blue, it's all blended scotch. And what that means is they buy from different sources. They blend it together, different sources made of different grains and everything like that blended together. And that you could buy really good scotches and blend them together. And it's going to be a blended scotch. Um, you know, assuming that there's grain whiskeys in there as well, but, uh, that's what, that's what it means on the bottle. So single malt means one distillery malted barley, single grain and one distillery grain whiskey. That's why you'll see on a lot of the whiskeys, you know, if it's a single malt, it means that that company made it came from one distillery and it's made of malted barley. That's what a single malt is. Um, and yeah, that's, there you go. And you guys know what the age statements mean. You know what single malt and all those means. That's why when I was talking about the bourbon, right? Blending is that, that blending is a thing in whiskey. You can buy whiskeys from different things and they and blend them together and you get a taste profile that you're looking for. It's the same idea when a single distillery is blending 
different barrels together, as I mentioned before, you know, you can still blend barrels from your own stock. It's still a single malt because it's one distillery stock and it's still all malted barley. It's just from different barrels. So that's why, you know, I'm hoping that this is interesting to you guys, but that's what all that stuff means. So single malt, you now know what it means. And, uh, yeah, if you guys have any questions too, I mean, please feel free to ask. I, I picked up uh, a while back, um, a good friend of mine, uh, a good friend of the podcast, Mark Forrester. Oh, Mark. I, I don't know if it's the first time I've ever dropped your last name, but yeah. Anyways, Mark, uh, good friend of the podcast. Mark had suggested, uh, one of the whiskeys that he really, really likes called Glen Breton. And it's, uh, it's actually, uh, it says right on it. It's, uh, it's a single malt whiskey. Um, but it's actually made in Cape Breton, uh, Nova Scotia. So it says right in it that it's Canada's first single malt whiskey. So again, single malt traditionally being a Scottish thing in Canada's whiskey, um, industry, you know, for the most part got its roots in, um, from Scotland, which is why Canada does not spell whiskey with an E. Um, so yeah, that's, it's a single malt and it's made, uh, it's aged in, uh, in, in Cape Breton. So I, uh, it was on sale a while back. I got one. It's won several awards. Um, I've never tasted it. So I'm excited at some point to taste a Canadian single malt, right? What does that mean? One, uh, one distillery malted barley. So a Canadian aged single malt. It is not a scotch, just a single malt whiskey. Um, I'm excited to try it. It is Canada's first. Um, and it's from Cape Breton. Cape Breton is absolutely stunning. Um, I love to go back and maybe if I, uh, if I try this stuff and love it, maybe I'll, I'll put that on. It's a 10 year old, uh, single malt whiskey made in Canada. Very excited to try it called Glen Breton. And it is at this particular moment on sale at the LCBO. So any of my Ontario listeners, um, it's an $80 bottle currently on sale for 70. So something out there, if you want to give it a try, uh, especially maybe even after everything I've said, maybe, uh, maybe give her, give her a go. And with that said, I'm going to move on to my sponsors guys. All right. We're almost in the home stretch, uh, a little bit longer episode. Thank you for, for being with me here and letting me run my mouth. Um, I'm usually struggling to find something to do at this hour. I don't want to start anything big and long. And by big and long, I mean like, you know, a new game or something because I end up fucking burning hours and hours and hours playing it. But, um, the podcast is great and I feel like I have enough energy to, to do it. At least shouting information into the universe. <laughs> um, I have my partners at DK, amazing human beings, amazing books. I love everything about them. You guys know this. And, um, actually, I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Um, you know, we're all stuck. <laughs> are you aware that we're all stuck inside? No, what I mean is we're all stuck inside and I used to love going to the movies. That was something that I think like even just once a week, I would try to find some time. And I know all you guys are like, oh yeah, it must be nice with the kids and everything like that. Listen, I'm alone. It's just me. I need my distractions. I, I would love to snuggle up next. I don't know why I'm going in this direction, but I just, I, I was chatting with a regular tonight and it's kind of funny. Like she talks about the shit going on in her life. I talk about the shit going on in my life. And like, I'll say something like, you know, she'll tell me that like, oh, you know, it must be nice to be able to like, it's not passive aggressive, but we're talking. She's like, I hear you on the podcast talking about like a $200 bottle of scotch. You bought and it's like, wow. Like how can I, why can't I do that? It's like, well, because you have other things like a family and a house and all these things I don't have. I would much rather have those things than, than a, a collection of whiskeys. But since I don't have those things and I won't get those things today, I'll, I'll enjoy my moniker of, of, uh, you know, I guess my ability to have that I'll sit and I'll sip on a whiskey and I'll feel mildly accomplished or at least good in that moment. Like it's grass is always greener. 
So when I talk about the ability to, you know, once a week, go see a movie, I'm sure there's people here that can go, fuck, wish I could just get out of the house and go see a movie once a week. I get it. You've got things. I promise you, everyone that is thinking that I promise you, you have a lot of things in your life that I, I wish I could have. And I would trade going to the movies once a week. But having said that odd, oddly, I don't know. It feels like I was being defensive or something, but just, I don't know. I, you know what? Let's, let's, let's take a second with that one. We're going to take a little second with that one. I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest and, and vulnerable. Um, I'm envious of you guys. Okay. I, I was chatting about my, my brother and his kids. Like there is, I, I can't think of a single friend that I have right now from high school that is not currently that I'm not so close with that isn't married with kids you know, and a house or whatever, my, my brother, my younger brother included. So, um, a lot of you have been listening for a while or aware of the long-term relationship. And I thought that's where we were headed for a long time. Um, and that's not where I am now. I live in a house with roommates that you guys have heard about all the time that, that, you know, rad this very moment with the COVID. I don't think either one of those home. I've been up all night. You guys have been with me transitioning from the four to five to 6 a.m., you know, time frame, and nobody's here. Nobody's here. Well, Simon's here. Um, but yeah, like, like I'm not living like, oh, it's a bunch of like-minded individuals and we're, we're really working on changing the world. It's like, this is a fucking, it feels like an orphanage for misfit human beings at times. Um, but it's, I, I, I it's, I, I also could, uh, it could be worse. I don't know. I don't know, guys. My fucking life is up in the air, especially with being locked down in COVID and going like, what's the future hold for me? When, when are the, the artsy things that I do, when are they coming back? You know, I don't know. Um, I guess, like I said, I'm, I'm envious of, of your guys, all your guys companionship and families and, and tangible, you know, levels of success in terms of, you know, having a mortgage and being married and having kids and having careers and knowing where your next paycheck is going to come from and stuff like that. Like I would trade the, like the, the, the level of freedom that you guys see and go, Oh, I wish I had that guys, the grass is always going to be greener on the other side. So again, just, I love you all. And when I talk to you and I mention something like, Hey, you know, I went to go see a movie or I'm going to go see a movie. Like, I guess just before you make, I don't know. I don't say make me feel bad. I don't feel bad. I feel, I feel bad for my own reasons. I don't feel bad because I can go see the movie. I feel bad because I'd like, I would much rather be, you know, buried in responsibility of having a family, but at the same time, being able to like sit with my, I miss sitting with the kids and watching a movie on a Saturday afternoon, you know? And yeah, it's a responsibility and yeah, you got to pick them up from school every day. It's but it's so fucking worth it. Just like anything that's important to you, the level of effort and shit that you put into it is fucking worth. It doesn't even feel like work sometimes. And yeah, maybe I'd love to go. Like I would, I, I don't know. I would give it up. And I'm sure once you're, once, once I'm back in it, you know, there'll be times where I'm like, ah, I just love to do this, but there's, there's good and bad and everything. I don't know. I'm, I'm saying I'm not mad or anything. I'm just, it's just, it's, I'm not, I'm not sunshine and roses here. I'm, I get lonely at times. This podcast is a bit of a fucking therapy for me to be able to just tell you guys what we're on. when I'm talking about the fucking video games I'm playing, like this is, I'm stuck here by myself. This is a good, this is a good distraction from knowing and focusing on I'm stuck here by myself. You know, I, I'm lucky to have you guys and I'm lucky to have the conversations and the social time. That's why I'm playing all these online games. 
I'm enjoying spending time. That's why even when I'm playing a game by myself, I'll still jump on with Chad and Rich, you know, uh, and just, and just sit and, and talk with them. We're just on, on a party. So I've got them in my headphones. We're just shooting the shit. They're playing whatever they're playing. I'm playing what I'm playing. We can't see each other, but it's still just not alone. So, wow. Sorry, DK. This is how I always have to find some way that as soon as I start talking about their stuff, I have to just take it off. I'm just saying, normally I would go spend, see a movie. Uh, I guess I don't say on average, but I would try to go once a week, if not a couple times a month, just as a way to, to get out and do something different. Like I said, there's times too, where I'm working so hard on things that may never turn into anything. And you know, this podcast takes me minimum two hours a week to do same amount of time. I go see a movie, right? But I do this because, you know, I was excited for it. Now there's times where I'm just not, it feels like work. I'm like, what am I going to tell you guys? I actually feel kind of shitty sometimes. Cause I'm like, well, I'm going to have all these people listening and what do I have to show for it? Another week of going, yeah, guys, I sat around and did fuck all, you know, it, it makes me feel embarrassed at times, you know? And then, like I said, people hear it and go, man, I wish I could just sit around and do nothing. That's trust me when you're my age, you know, you feel like you want to have more to report, you know? Um, and, and I don't, I don't. So all I'm saying is that my movies are my escape. I go to the movies because when I'm at home, I just explain it with Ozark. Like sometimes, well, this is because I'm playing video games, but there was lots of times when I was working, I'd be working on shit all day and doing writing and doing Photoshop stuff and meetings and running around or doing the promo stuff and, and marketing things is I would feel guilty sitting at a home watching movie. Cause there's always stuff I could do taxes, cleaning chores, work. There's always something, at least when you go to the movies, there's no distraction, right? You sit down, you're committed to it. You get to just enjoy the movie. That's why I like the movies. And having said that, you guys know, I'm a fan of the Marvel movies this last week, May 1st, um, black widow, the most recent Marvel movie was supposed to come out, but due to COVID-19, um, you know, and all the theaters being closed, it couldn't. So, um, DK just recently put out Black Widow Secrets of a Super Spy. It's a great Marvel book. And I think it's great because it's the first Marvel uh, female character. I believe that they've done uh, a big, uh, a big book on a solo book. It is absolutely cool. It has all the artwork from the originals, the new stuff. It's a great history of Black Widow character, her relationship with Hawkeye, all those things that you may want to learn. So any of my female listeners that, that, you know, or, or maybe any of my listeners that have, uh, have daughters, a great book to just sort of be like, Hey, it's, it's, it's great timing based on the fact that the movie was supposed to come out. So if you're looking for a black widow fix, it will do the job. It is absolutely fantastic. Just a little bit of the highlights from the back is track, sorry, trace black widow. Yeah, there you go. First word I fucked up trace black widow's extraordinary journey from ruthless Soviet assassin to fearless superhero. Who is Black Widow? Master Spy? Avenger? Shield Agent? Natasha Romanov is all this and much more. With a past cloak in a mystery and disinformation, it's hard to tell truth from deception. From her early training in Russia's infamous Red Room to becoming an Avenger and Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. to finally striking out on her own path, Black Widow's history is an sorry is as intriguing as it is its... Jesus Christ. It's one of the things about holding a book with the big pop filter in front of me is it kind of blocks text sometimes. Um, do, 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 do. Black Widow's history is as intriguing as it is labyrinthine. It's like labyrinthine. I don't know. I've never heard that word before. Black Widow secrets of the super spies peels away the secrets and lies around one of Marvel comics most unique, unique, exciting and enduring superheroes. I was poking through the book this week. I didn't finish it all. I'm trying to actually keep some stuff a secret. I don't want to read all of it. 
And then I, I actually like to look at these DK books after the movie comes out to sort of reference and see how, how much of it did they put in the new stuff and how much of it was left in the cutting floor. So I don't want to read too much of this beforehand because I'll, I feel like I'll, I'll watch the movie and go, Oh, they changed this and Oh, they changed that. Um, so I was enjoying reading all the Marvel comics after I saw the movies and seeing how much of like Iron Man was kept, how much of Ant-Man was kept, all that fun stuff. So um, if you need a Black Widow fix, this is the book, uh, Black Widow's Secrets of a Super Spy. And for those of you interested, I researched this prior to the podcast. I am capable of doing research occasionally. Black Widow was supposed to come out May 1st, so this last weekend, um, and it has been, it has just pulled off the timeline for a while. Um, in, uh, March when they realized everything was getting shut down from COVID, they pulled it from the lineup and they have, uh, released, uh, just this last, I think it was just last week or the week before, um, that it is now going to be November 6th is the new release date for black widow. So it's being pushed back five or six months, but it will be coming out. It's just coming out in November now instead of May. So there you have it. DK Marvel black widow, uh, check out dk.com slash CA in Canada, dk.com in the U S or just Google DK books. They have all sorts of books there, guys, tons of great stuff to keep you busy. Not a video game guy hated the first 50, 60% of this podcast. It was just talking about video games. Um, then read a book, grab a book, check it out. Uh, they have great stuff, guys, all sorts of fun stuff. I will be telling you more, you know, as I read more, um, but yeah, that's the, uh, that's the stuff there coming up this week. Fuck all. Um, I'm getting my, uh, it snowed in uh, Ottawa today. So I'll let you know, I'm now recording this at the very, very early parts of Sunday. Um, technically the end of the day for me Saturday, but, um, yeah, it snowed here in Ottawa. So I was going to get my snow tires off before, and I wasn't really thinking about it because everything was closed. I wasn't going anywhere, but I finally made an appointment and it was like two and a half weeks to get an appointment to get my all seasons put on. So I'm doing that this week. And that's the only thing I'm learning leaving the house for. I've heard that they're starting to open businesses again in a small, small capacities. Um, I was at Costco earlier today. I needed a few little food stuff things. I was trying to be in and out. Um, and you can already see, see that they're now stopping the, 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 the harsh rules of only so many people in the store and, you know, line up outside. They just let everybody into Costco today. Nobody seemingly nobody was respecting social distancing at all. Um, the, the plexiglass is still up at the front and there's still someone directing traffic, but in the store, nobody's really watching anybody. The employees all have masks on, but, but customers where they were paying attention to each other before and trying to give each other space, nobody gives a fuck. It's like, it's like they said, you know what? Everyone's going back to work. So everyone's like, oh, it's over. That's why right at the top of the episode, I made the joke about the second wave about to happen. I was trying not to allude to how late into the week this was. But nobody seemed to give a flying fuck. And if that's how everyone's being, the people who are still, you know, catching COVID, it's still going to get spread. People who may have caught it or got it from someone else or asymptomatic, nobody gave a fuck in Costco today. It was, it was atrocious. It was actually almost worse than it is on a regular basis. Um, Almost. It, it wasn't, but it was almost, it was, it was about, let's put it this way. It was about the same people standing right side by side, looking at a shelf. So I'm like, I was like for, for the five or six things that I got, I was staying really far away from people and I would have to wait for quite a while before I would have room to like go back out into the aisle and go into the next, uh, go out to the main aisle and then back into another aisle or to cross over to another area. Just, just too many people too thick of traffic. And I'm still not willing to, to get sick or to, to catch something I can give to somebody else. Again, I'd like to see my family soon. So, um, yeah, 
that's uh that's what that's the only thing i got on my calendar coming up this week is uh is that and uh and a whole lot more games like i said heavy rain i'll tell you guys how stupid that story is or or how good it is how you got to get through it if you haven't played it in the last god knows how many years that since it's come out so um that's the podcast guys i hope you have a great week i hope you're loving being home by yourself or with your family uh if you're working just know it could be worse um i don't know I don't know, guys, just be well, you know what I mean? Uh, try not to look at other people's lives too much. Comparison is the death of happiness. You look at other people, there's, you know, you're only going to see the the good stuff, how their situation is better for the most part, you know, unless you pick certain parts of the world and go, glad I'm not there. But, uh, yeah, don't, don't try to be like, oh, I wish I had that. And just, just, just know that there's probably things they wish that, you know, they wish that they had that you have. So do that be good to yourself. Um, you know, this thing is, looks like we're coming out of at least, at least phase one of, uh, of the old COVID saga. So, uh, I don't know. I look forward to talking days. I gotta fucking go to sleep soon. I'm looking forward to chatting with you guys again soon. Um, it'll only be a few days. I'll try to have the next one on time. Um, boy, I did, I did a really good job for a few years you know, getting this out every single week on time. I have, f- I have now months of, of kind of putting it out when I feel I apologize, but Hey, you want to give me shit or send me an email or tell me some contact at one man I would love to hear emails, getting emails and messages from you guys would, uh, would light a fire underneath me to have it out there knowing that it's, you know, you guys are out there listening to it and you're, you know, you've got something to say and you're excited. Just, uh, it just fuels me to have it out on time when I, when it's radio silence out there, I, I feel like, uh, there's no urgency for me to talk to my wall at five o'clock in the morning. So, uh, you guys have a great, uh, great week and I will chat with you again soon.
night to the sun I'm up all night to get some She's up all night for good fun I'm up all night to get lucky We're up all night to the sun We're up all night to get some We're up all night for good fun We're up all night to get lucky 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 She's up all night to the sun I'm up all night to get some She's up all night We're up all night to get lucky. We're up all night to get lucky. 